Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. What are pain patients addicted to? Uh, can, you want to know what particular... Yeah, I'd like to know. You tell me. You tell me. Please, and tell my listeners, which includes chronic pain patients, one of whom will be joining me shortly, what are pain patients addicted to? Well, I think you are asking a question that is trying to, uh, to describe the fact that there's a, a single or simple story, and I think that there, uh, I, I don't want to oversimplify. Uh, well, Minister, with, with, with due respect, I don't think you've answered any of my questions yet. Well, feel free to ask me another question then, and I'll see if I can satisfy you. So that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. What The question was, what are pain patients addicted to? And pain patients are addicted to living without pain. That was going to be, I guess that's the next question in the, in the interview that we, uh, we separated all the questions. Uh, I just want to read you this. This came from Rita, email, hi, Roy. My brother-in-law found out to the end of January he has pancreatic cancer. He now has three months to live at best. He's being denied stronger doses for pain management. As the doctors are concerned, he may become addicted. What are they thinking, writes Rita. They're not thinking, Rita. You can't outthink those who aren't thinking. Brother-in-law, three months to live, and they don't want to put him on stronger pain meds because they fear he may become addicted. With me now, Don Ray Downton. She's a journalist in the Globe and Mail. She had a column just uh, not, not long ago in which she states that she uses fentanyl, prescribed fentanyl, and has for 12 years, and for one reason, to as much as possible, control her pain. She's been a guest on this program before. Don Ray, thank you for coming back. Hi, Roy. I'm glad to be back. Marvin Ross is a health columnist for the HuffPost Canada. He wrote his latest column based on... Uh, experiences in the chasing down the opioid story. And uh, part of the column has to do with what Marvin heard on this program. Of course, he's also been a participant on two separate occasions. And Marvin, it's great to have you back. Thank you. My pleasure. I, I just want to start with with this. We were going to play a clip from uh, from uh, Minister Philpott, but I realized that I can't really rely on how it, how it may come out. So one of the points that she made... And I know, Don Ray, this is something you want to get at. One of the points that the minister made was, after I quizzed her on it, was that, wait a minute, uh, what doctors are being told to do are based on guidelines. These are just guidelines. It has to do with the guidelines that were released about a month ago, and I spoke with the editor of the, of the uh, McMaster group that put out the guidelines. And uh, she said, they're guidelines. They're not, I'm paraphrasing, they're not instructions. They're just guidelines. 
Well, if they're guidelines, they're sure as heck masquerading as instructions uh, as far as many doctors are concerned. Don Ray, I know this is important to you. Oh, it's critical. It's critical to the whole issue, Roy. Um, you know, it's not just important to doctors. It, it, it changes the story for patients, and we're thrown into hell because of it. All the while, the health minister at best is being disingenuous when she describes the guidelines as just that guidelines. The reason that I know that is because she has to know that in British Columbia last June, a full year ago, the guideline was introduced to British Columbians as a legally enforceable medical standard. Now, Jane Philpott is a doctor, so she knows what a standard is. So when she said they were just guidelines, she must have known that they weren't guidelines any longer in British Columbia, and that they hadn't been just guidelines for a long time. And I don't, I don't know whether she knows that the pain medicine physicians of, of British Columbia Society complained to their college that the new standard was impossible for them to use. They thought it was incomprehensible and dangerous. They said it had at least 100 points in it that needed clarification. And when I look at what it is now, now, a year later, when I look at the BC College's website and see that standard, it has not improved. It has not got any more comprehensible. It, is, it has not got any less dangerous for doctors and patients. Marvin, what's your sense of, uh, look, hold on, these are just guidelines when the minister says that. How do you respond? Well, uh, my understanding is in Ontario they are just guidelines. But I think doctors, being petrified of their colleges, um, treat them as if they're, they're edicts. So I think that's part of the problem. BC, yes, it's, you know, the regulation. Uh, but in Ontario, they honestly are guidelines, but the doctors don't seem to understand that. Well, this is what one doctor in Ontario told me, essentially, The word may say guidelines, but I can't approach it as guidelines. He said, if I get guidelines on diabetes, yes, that's guidelines. But this one to me is frightening. And this is one doctor who said, it spent a lot of years getting my medical license. I can't afford to lose it now. So doctors clearly, and we heard it from Stephen Nadeau just a few minutes ago, the professor who joined us uh, from from, uh, the United States, doctors are under pressure to reduce and eliminate uh, opioids. And Don Ray, you, uh, you ran into that yourself with a doctor you had for over 20 years. 25 years. I had a terrific relationship with her for 25 years, and then she was spoken to by the Nova Scotia College. Um, and I, I believe that the CEO of the Nova Scotia College is, is a real architect, let's use that word, of these guidelines. And so the um, enforcement of these guidelines down here is, is really fierce. So my GP of 25 years told me that I had to come off my opioids, which I'd been on for 12 years, and that was the way it was. I was very lucky, as I explained to you before, that um, I was also being followed by a pain clinic down here um, where they were um, uh, where they were able to be a little more flexible, but I really don't know how long, I don't know when my luck is going to run out. I think that my pain doctor at the pain clinic is retiring this summer, and I, I just live with dread every day thinking about that. How many patients live with that kind of dread, Marvin, across the country? Um, I would expect most of them do, because they're really reliant upon their doctors. And when a doctor is on vacation, um, it's like Russian roulette to get a prescription um, repeated, because you may get a doctor covering 
who doesn't agree with prescribing opioids. And so the patient is just out of luck. Yeah, exactly. You wrote in your your last column, your most recent column in HuffPost Canada is titled, It's Time for Ottawa to Listen to the Evidence about Opioid Use. Right. Tell, tell us about that. Well, the evidence for the use of opioids is there. Um, they're, the government, in their um, hysteria over uh, the deaths of drug addicts who are not taking these drugs for legitimate reasons, they weren't prescribed by doctors for a specific condition, um, are dying of overdoses. Well, okay, that's one problem. But you don't solve that problem by uh, coming down with draconian measures against people who are legitimate sufferers of pain, who have relationships with their doctors, uh, who are trusted by their doctors, and who are not getting high on the, the medication. Uh, they're being helped by it. And it is totally absurd to... Um, impose conditions on one group with the vague hope that you will solve another problem which has no relationship and for the generic if you if, if i may drug addict yeah. who's buying the drugs from the street corner um pusher for that individual the minister has publicly proposed making heroin available for the actual chronic pain patient, and the, many of the statistics that apply to the generic drug addict are made to appear as though they apply to the chronic pain patient. For the chronic pain patient, the, uh, the uh, objective is to get them off the very medication that makes life livable. For the generic drug addict who doesn't have chronic pain issues, yeah. who has an addiction issue, they want to provide heroin. Yeah, and I used the example in my uh, blog about Portugal, which legalized drug use. They've decriminalized it. I mean, we've decriminalized, or we're going to decriminalize marijuana use. Uh, there's no reason we can't decriminalize um, all illegal drugs and at the same time provide pain patients with the prescribed drugs that they need. Don Ray, the minister told me, and I know that you you caught this and immediately. She told me her policies are evidence based. Everything is evidence based. You say? Um, you know, the colleges and there's well, in, in the BC College standard cites this, and the guidelines cite this that everything is evidence based, but. For, for example, this is what the, the BC College's position starts out as being. It says the public health crisis of prescription drug misuse has developed in part due to the prescribing of physicians. The profession has a collective ethical responsibility to, to mitigate its contribution to the problem, particularly the overprescribing of opioids, sedatives, and stimulants. There's just no evidence of this. Uh, one of the most respected um, pain researchers and physicians down here in Halifax. She's known around the world for her research on pain. She's getting really tired of saying this, I think. I hear this from her so much. She says, medical exposure to opioids does not cause addiction, period. There is just no evidence, although the government and the colleges seem to say that there are, although they can never point to it, there is just no evidence 
that medical opioid use has anything to do with, Roy, what you call the generic street drug problem. It's not happening. People on opioids are not um, staying on them too long. If they're staying on them a long time, it's because they still have pain. Most of them are not staying on them a long time. People who have chronic pain are on them to lessen their pain. They never get high. I don't get high. I've been on fentanyl at a, at a good dose for 12 years. Never once have I been high, but I have had my pain helped. Now, if you weren't on that's the fentanyl, if you, if you didn't have the fentanyl at all, if it were just taken away from you, and that's your fear, that in some months when your current physician uh, retires and you're assigned to another doctor, maybe somebody fresh out of, uh, out of medical school with an idea that opioids are just wrong and, sorry, Don Ray, uh, there are other options for you and we'll put those in place. We'll have a program of exercise and who knows what, uh, and that's going to help you. Um, How's that going to impact on you? Do you know, Roy, a program of exercise wouldn't be too useful for me because the very best position that I can find for my body with the pain I have is sitting. Once I stand, I have about 30 seconds before my back starts screaming. Um, I walk in a very strange way. I sort of walk, I shuffle more than I walk. It hurts me a lot to walk. I really can't see doing too much yoga or exercise. I really can't even see meditating. I would be in pain trying to hold my back straight. So, to your question, where would I be? I would not be here. I don't mean to be cavalier about this, and I know that it's that people feel it's a dark place to go to, but I think we have to acknowledge that pain patients are being pushed to a very dark place in Canada these days. My dark place would be gone. I would have to take my life. I have my suicide plan. My family knows I have it. I don't think they like it, but I think they understand why I have to have it. Uh, and I've been very careful not to get them involved in it. I think you, you have to be very careful about that these days um, so my husband can have no, no fingerprints on my suicide, and so I, I've arranged it to be that way. But I've also arranged it so that um, the message will get out as widely as possible if I do have to go, why I've had to go. What a horrific way to have to contemplate the end of your life so unnecessary. You've been on the fentanyl for 12 years. You're not, a, you're not a fentanyl addict. You don't get high off it. What it allows you to do is live with a modicum of pain. It makes your life livable. So if they take you off this, they will be responsible for your death. They'll say they're not, but ultimately they will be. Well, I can't see it in any other way, and I'm the person that it's happening to, so I think I know best about this. There, when I went on fentanyl, I did so only after I had failed every other method of pain relief that is available to us that anyone knows about. You know, so I had um, uh, nerve blocks, and I had uh, group therapy, and I had uh, infusions, and I had this and I had that, and I... I I trialed and failed everything, so was then started on a low dose of fentanyl. And over 12 years, what happens is eventually you do have to increase your dose because your body becomes tolerant of it. This is, right. this is not to say you're addicted. So I, I, I am not addicted, but if my fentanyl is withdrawn from me and I don't have anything to replace it, there is nothing to replace it, I already know that, then then I'm gone. I, I, I can't live with the kind of pain that I have. There, it would be stupid to do that. There'd be no point. When we come back, I want to play back something for you from the interview with the federal health minister. And it had to do when I spoke with her about patients having to stay on opioids 
for a long period of time. We'll come back with my guests, Don Ray Downton and Marvin Ross. Stay with us. You mess with the you bull, mess with the ball. You get the horns. You get the horns. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. There is one more clip I'm going to play, and then uh, we'll quickly have my guests react to it. It was the last question I asked uh, the Minister of Health when she was on this program two weeks ago, and it had to do with patients who may have to stay on opioids for a lengthy period of time. Minister, your responsibility is to do more than hope. Your responsibility as the National Health Minister is to provide. I'll just read you the last line from that email. I'm terrified of losing my medication again. If it happens, I have two choices, suicide or street drugs. Without medication, my life is not worth living. 38-year-old woman. Minister, consider the patients. Remember, you're a doctor. If you were not a health minister, if you were a doctor, I would hope you have, would have a diametrically opposed view to the one you're putting forward now, which honestly sounds to me like government agenda and little else with a million to a million and a half people in this country being sacrificed. Well, I'm not sure that I can say anything that will entirely satisfy you. I hope that you have understood that I have tried to make it clear that every patient deserves appropriate care. And I have not said at any point today or any other day that uh, uh, that a patient under the direction of a a well-informed care provider, um, it may be entirely appropriate for somebody to stay on a an opioid for a long-term basis. That needs to be, uh, decision needs to be taken uh, on a case-by-case basis. And absolutely, for many patients, that is exactly what they need. Uh, and if that's the case and that decision has been made and the patient is uh, has a good quality of life and their care provider believes that the benefits of any get medication outweigh the harms of that medication, then they deserve to have that medication. Then, Minister, you need to put that into action starting tomorrow because it's not happening today. So uh, we have 90 seconds left. Don Ray, it sounds to me like the minister's saying, and she said in many cases, sounds to me like she's saying in many cases, a patient staying on opioids for an ex- protracted period of time is perfectly fine as long as it's agreed upon with the patient and the, and the, and the health care provider. Well, Roy, all I can say to that is that Minister Philpott and I are not living in the same world, clearly. Uh, what she is saying is not happening. If indeed uh, she means to have that happen, as you say, she needs to let doctors know right away. Yeah. I wrote her when I heard her say that on your program two weeks ago, and I said, please let me know when this will be happening. It's not happening now, and please let me know when you will be conveying this new change in policy to physicians. Right. I, have watched the, I have watched the college websites since she said that nothing has changed and in bc as i say it is a legal standard and it's still a legal standard today and i will keep watching for when it becomes jane philpott's version of what she says marvin um yeah i agree with what don said and i would like to add um i should have mentioned this before but don has a uh, a link to prime minister trudeau saying that um Chronic pain is just a mild, niggling uh, irritant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe it would be a good idea for you to have him on <laughs> and listen to what people are suffering. Okay, you get him for me, I'll talk to him. I'll try. <laughs> Please. Marvin, thank you so much. Don Ray, thank you. We will stay in touch with you, of course, and have you back. Thank, thank you very much. much.
All the best. Don Ray Downton and Marvin Ross on the Roy Green Show. It's about opioids and opioid pain meds. And if you're a chronic pain sufferer, step up, fight for yourself. Get in touch with me, and I'll try to tell your story as well. It's Roy at RoyGreenShow.com.